Hello and welcome to Witchy Woman Podcast. I am your host, Danae Sweet, and this is episode 114. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about death and dying um, and witchcraft. If this is your trigger warning, if this is a subject you um, are not comfortable hearing about, then go ahead and skip to next week's episode. Um, We're going to do the card pull um, for the card of the week and do a little smoke clearing. So let's get this lit. All right. Doing my mic, myself, and the computer just to kind of get all the shit vibes out of here so we can talk freely and I can communicate properly this time. (laughs) I swear, last episode my tongue was tied. So I got that done. Let's put this over here and not start my office on fire. All right, as usual, usual, I am pulling from the spellcasting oracle cards. I really like this deck. And I'm boring, so I stick with the same deck. Let's Let's shuffle one more time. These cards have been sticky. (laughs) All right, cutting once, twice, three times for some reason. And our card is well-being. This card has a beautiful imagery of a woman laying down like in a meadow with mountains behind her. And there's a beautiful full moon. And there's like all these butterflies kind of coming from her um, or out of her. And um, you can see them coming up and traveling to the moon. Anyway, this card means to me that we need to focus on our well-being this week. And all of the well-being so physical well-being our mental health our spiritual health our energetic health all of those things we need to focus on this week so basically be mindful of what we're doing with our bodies with our mind and with our energy this week so do the salt baths make sure you're meditating get out in nature if you can do the things that you can do to enable balance um, as a whole human being with all of the different things that we talk about and that we try to work with as witches. So focus on that this week. Take some time out of each day, even if it's five minutes, just to focus on your well-being. So today I have um, a book by Misty Storm called Whispers on the Wind, and it is an entire book of death and dying rites and things to support um, going through the death and dying process if you are a witch or pagan. I really, really like it, and I wanted to do a whole episode focused on death and dying and use this book and some things I found on the internet to kind of help give ideas or examples of how we can work through grief. So with witchcraft, um, it's often practiced with the seasons and cycles of life is like a center theme. The elements, nature, humanity, all of it is cyclical. We're born, we live, and we die, right? Um, The leaves bud, they bloom, and they die. It is the only thing we can truly count on as a constant in um, in our life while we're on this earth. It's death. Nothing will ever take the pain away when a loved one passes away. And that is a personal and vulnerable journey for each of us to go through. But witchcraft can give us a sense of purpose and a way to celebrate the individual's journey here on earth as well as support us and our loved ones through the, the, great, bleh, the grief process. Because 
each of us are going to go through the loss of a loved one at some point in our life. I felt like it's important to normalize talking about it, having the conversations with with each other, and making plans. So let's talk about what happens to us when we lose someone. What should we expect and how to support and heal? Um, It is a unique journey for each of us, but this is just kind of an a guideline or an outline of what it could be like for you and how to deal with it. Pretty sure most of you have heard about the stages of grief, but let's go through them here and talk about how our craft can assist us through each of these phases. So stage one is denial for most of us. So our loved one dies and after that initial um, news that we get, sometimes we feel like the experience isn't real, like a dream or you're stuck in a TV show. This is the stage in which Like, you're going to go to sleep and wake up with that glimmer of a thought that maybe it was just a nightmare. Like, before reality hits you, you're like, maybe it was, this is just something I made up in my head. Maybe this is not real. At this stage, honestly, making it real is going to help. So doing a candlelight vigil or some kind of honoring for your loved one will give you a visual and actionable thing to express the event that just has happened. So... You know, maybe you have a candle that you make just for this loved one. You know, maybe a sigil for them or their name carved on it with, you know, colors they liked, flowers, herbs, oils, whatever you got to do. Maybe dress, dress a beautiful candle for your deceased loved one. Um, You can do this with a group or by yourself. Light it and then think about all the beautiful things about this person um, that you'll miss it's a way to give us something to do you see and you've created this beautiful candle that represents your friend or your family um, member that has passed and then you can contemplate on it and sometimes just that act can help you start to take hold of the reality of what has happened I do want to slip in here a little like PSA if you have somebody pass away and It is overwhelming and you don't feel like you can handle it on your own and no one else is supporting you. Please seek help. There are plenty of websites, 1-800 numbers, and doctor's offices that you can just walk into and say, I need help, please. Um, I will be linking numbers and websites in the show notes. So if you are experiencing a loss and are having a difficult time coping, there's some resources that I wanted to share with you. Okay, that being said... Witchcraft can help with the process of grieving and dealing with what has happened um, as far as loss goes. So um, on page 72 through 77 of Whispers uh, on the Wind by Misty Storm, she did write a beautiful grief processing ritual. I think it would be amazing to to do this in this stage to get the healing process started. Um, The ritual is like to begin the process of emotions of grief and ask Persephone to be witness and to guide you through the grief process as she is a a deity of the underworld. So I felt like that was a really cool um, ritual and I definitely, I hope I don't have to use it, but if... Something happens um, and I do have a loved one pass away. I feel like this ritual really helped me focus on moving forward and honoring the person that has passed. Stage two is anger. Now, this stage can be a 
especially difficult stage because those around us will most likely likely find it hard to support us. They're not going to know what to do to help us work through these emotions because we're kind of erratic and mad. We're just mad. Um, we try to find someone to blame for the loss. And sometimes this can land on someone close to us, unfortunately. And I've seen it happen and it sucks. <laughs> You'll often hear people cuss out their god or their deity for allowing to happen. They will, you know, ream out the doctor that didn't save their life, the family member that didn't get them help fast enough, and the list goes on and on. Um, If you haven't started journaling about the loss at this point, it is important that you do. Start journaling. They're really um, great ways to document your process of grief, and I feel like Having your words set to paper is a good way to to sort out how you feel about it. And there's some great journal prompts in this book um, that I have as well that might help you work um, through those and become aware of your own thoughts and beliefs on death and loss. Meditation in any form is a great supportive modality for this stage in particular. It's going to be hard probably, um, but taking a silent walk, listening to calming music with earbuds, undisturbed, taking a long calming bath, or maybe for you, it's a physical release you need. So working out, going for a jog, lifting weights, or using a punching bag, maybe yoga, um, would be also a great way to release some emotion. I know that's definitely not witchy in any way, shape, or form, but dealing with your anger um, in a way that is specific to you is probably very important in this stage because not everybody's going to deal with anger the same way. And because anger is such a fire element emotion, you can use a bonfire, focus on the fire, and focus on it releasing and um, taking some of that anger and transforming it into an energy that is more, um, how do I say this? (laughs) More, it's not going to be more positive, but turning your anger into something that serves your highest good, if that makes any sense. Um, You can write down, I'm fucking pissed at blah, 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 blah on a piece of paper and toss it in your bonfire or your your cauldron fire and watch it disintegrate. Having that visual for some people is very important. So if that is, if you're very visual and you need that, then go do it. Um, Stage three, let's move on to that. (laughs) Stage three is bargaining and guilt. We often try to cut a deal with like God or a deity to bring back our or heal our loved ones. Um, We want to give anything that is worth anything to get our loved ones back or to be cured of whatever they're going through that is killing them. Guilt goes hand in hand with bargaining. Um, So we will say we should have done X, Y, Z to help or they should have done blah, 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 blah to help. Or we should have gotten them a better doctor. Or it's our fault that we didn't get them to the hospital fast fast enough. And then that's how we try to to fix it is by bargaining. Um, We offer up ourselves to God or a deity in exchange. And it's just our way of trying to find control over an uncontrollable situation. Again, the same kind of things. Meditation, journaling, um, exercise if you can can help get rid of some of this or transmute some of the extra energy that and emotions that you're trying to process. Um, physical release is a really great way to deal with overwhelming emotions. It's not going to cure you, but it is going to help you um, feel a little bit better within your energy. The next stage often is depression. 
So at this point, you've come to realize the finality of the loss and you're now feeling the full weight of the situation. Um, We sit with our thoughts, we cry, withdraw from loved ones, and we hurt. This stage is so important to be sure you have a support system to help you through this and that you can be accountable to. Um, If you feel you need more help, like I said before, tell them, ask for help, ask them to get you to a therapist or a doctor or whatever, but please stay in contact with somebody that you trust and make sure that you're checking in with them. And those of us that have friends that have lost loved ones, make sure you are being a good friend and checking in with them and making sure they're okay because often we just say, we're fine, we'll be fine, just let us have space. Space is okay, but it takes like two seconds to send a text or call or stop by and just go, hey, you good? Here's you know some food, some candles if you want them. I will leave if you want me to. I'll stay if you want me to. Um, offering that that just making the gesture of I'm here to support you if you want me um, is a huge deal for, for for everybody, for anyone going through that kind of loss. Um, so this, this is, I hate this stage um, of grief, I'll be honest. Um, we start to contemplate our own morality at this point and the world becomes very dark and can be a very hopeless um, place if we allow it to consume us. So um, something that I've used in the past is releasing spells or rituals to symbolize releasing all of this hurt and anger and depression and sorrow that we feel when somebody dies that we love. It isn't a primary tool to fix mental health, but it's a beautiful practice that we can use to empower us to heal ourselves. So, you know, To me, it's journaling or writing a list on a piece of paper of all the emotions that are overwhelming me. I feel mad, sad, anger, guilt, whatever it is, I write them all down. Um, I pour my guts out onto a piece of paper. If I can get outside and have a little fire outside, that's what I do. If I can't, I use my cauldron fire and I will burn that, that list, the, 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 the soul bearing words that I put on paper, I'm going to put that in the fire and ask fire to release it from my body to make space for me to move forward. Um, if you work with a deity, it's great to ask your deity to be with you, to support you, to help you through this phase as well. Um, you can do this alone or with people, like a group of people that all have been experiencing the same loss. It's wonderful to have all that support there if you if you have it. So stage five is the final stage, and that is acceptance. Um, we've come to terms with the loss and have begun to process the process of moving forward and forgiving those that we blamed and forgiving ourselves for the guilt that we felt and for what we felt was our part in in the process. This whole process doesn't have a time limit or average length for people. Um, and nor does it always come in the order of stages I listed. We're all different. And grief is a very intimate and unique process to each of us. So giving yourself the freedom to express the process is a beautiful gift. Um, at this stage, it's all about kind of you're going to give that collective sigh that 
that outward acceptance, the breath, and now is when a lot of a lot of times we have like a pause between acceptance and moving on with our life. And however that however long that pauses to you is that's please don't put a time limit on yourself for anything as far as grief goes is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I, I'm tripping over my words because it's a very emotional thing for me to talk about. And just doing this episode makes me relive some losses that I've witnessed and contemplate my own mortality again. <laughs> you know, we all are going to die. So let's talk about some rites and rituals that we can do to comfort ourselves and our dying loved ones. Um, death vigils and rites are common in a lot of different belief systems and religions. You'll see examples of a Catholic death rite in TV shows a lot. Um, sometimes you'll see that, like somebody's in the hospital bed and a priest comes in to give them their last rites. That's kind of an example you're going to see like basically in pop culture. But there's plenty of different religions, faiths, and belief systems that do um, death and dying rites Um completely different. <laughs> you can use witchcraft as a secular practice for death rites and funerals, or you can use witchcraft combined with your spiritual beliefs. I wanted to make sure that's clear because some of you are not um, witches that follow a spiritual path with your witchcraft. It's completely secular. You practice it um, without deity or dogma. And all of these rituals and rites you can tailor to your own belief system. I wanted to make sure that's clear. So this is not just for people that are spiritual, this is for anyone. So in the book, Whispers on the Wind, there's a beautiful dying vigil ritual that um, she wrote, and I think it would be so comforting for both the dying and loved ones witnessing the process, sorry. She talks about um, a death oil, which she does list all of her recipes in the back of this book. And it's a blend to ease the dying into the next phase, and the ritual is basically opening the way for them. Um, there are many ways we can support the death process and this ritual is just one of them and I just really loved it and I feel like this is something that I would ask my loved ones to do for me if I was dying. Other rituals can be tailored to the dying's deity and an invocation and incantation for the deity to be present and support their devotee throughout the process would also be an appropriate um, ritual for, for you to do for your dying loved one. Different faiths and belief systems also have varying methods of end-of-life options. So I'm talking after you pass away. Um, caskets and burying, cremation, natural burials. There's a lot of different ways that different belief systems um, use. And it's important that you communicate with your loved ones with your wishes so they don't have to guess. Um, honestly, it would be super cool to me to be floating on a body of water, you know, like Viking style, lit on fire, poof, but I'm pretty sure that's not allowed here in the U.S. If it is allowed, please somebody let me know. <laughs> so, um, aside from that, I've chosen cremation and I want to be returned to the earth in that form. If a burial and a funeral is wanted, there are things for, in, in any of the funerals, if, if you decide when I pass away, I want there to be some kind of, um, get together to celebrate and to help me move forward in my my next, uh, like, what do I want to say, cycle, my next cycle as um, a spirit without a meat suit anymore. So something that you need to think about are who's going to officiate. And this is something that I don't think, like, 
mainstream, like Christians really have to worry about because there's always a Christian pastor, priest, or whatever around. But who's going to officiate your pagan or witchy death rite or funeral? Finding a pagan or non-denominational officiant can be kind of difficult if you live in a predominantly Christian area, but it's not impossible. You can always have the option of being ordained online and doing the funeral for your loved one if you can't find anybody. Getordained.org can help you through those uh, steps. Um, And there's other places, but getordained.org is a pretty decent one and it's well known. So I want to talk about pagan and uh, witchy funerals just for a second, just because maybe you've never been to one. Maybe you want to know what it would be like if you have to go with to one and you're not familiar with different belief systems. So there is there's plenty of people that are Wiccan or Druid. Maybe they're a shaman. They claim the word witch only. There's all kinds of different belief systems. If it is a pagan um, funeral service, usually some, and and Wiccan um, to be, like pagans and Wiccans to be specific, are usually going to um, at some point call in the directions. They're going to have a lot of candles because you know what? Witches love candles. I don't care what kind of rite it is. We are going to want some candles. Am I right? (laughs) So, um... They're got, probably going to call in the air, you know, air, air, fire, water, and earth. And then if they are um, some kind of devotee of a particular deity, they may invoke or um, ask that deity, be, deity to be present for the funeral rite. Um, if you have never been to this kind of funeral, it's appropriate to just be respectful. You don't have to know what to do if they're doing um, incantations or things that you're not familiar with, just be silent with respect. Um, a lot of different funerals will give a little pamphlet in the beginning with, you know, chants, incantations, verses, or whatever that's going to be said that the, um, that the, the group, the people witnessing can participate in. As most pagan events do, there's probably going to be cakes and ales or some version of that afterwards to ground yourselves to talk and uh, reminisce about the wonderful things that uh, this beautiful soul that you're celebrating contributed to, to your life and to the world. In her book, she does have some funeral rites that are absolutely beautiful, and I definitely would consider using one of these in my own funeral if I didn't already have I have plans I may actually like rewrite some of my funeral plans based on what I have read in this book so something else to consider would be headstone dedications it's popular with pagans and witches because it gives the the living a chance to make the headstone a sacred item or and location for your loved one Headstones can take a while to be made, so you may have like one of those little temporary markers for a while, and dedications can be done more than once. So you can do it for the temporary one and the final headstone if you so choose. Um, There's a really nice ritual in the book for this as well. Cremations also have ceremonies and can be done much like a burial as far as structure goes. Um, And there's also uh, a cremation ritual in the book if you... um, If you get the book, I I definitely highly recommend getting the book if you haven't uh, read it before. I feel like 
it's even got pet stuff just by the way it's even got like pet funeral stuff in here and when my dog Freddie was passing away I did one of the rituals in here for a, a dying vigil and I just adapted it to be for my pet and I felt very comforted by it and it was kind of I guess interesting to see how he reacted he his breathing did slow and he did calm calm down a little bit while we were doing or while I was doing the the ritual so I don't know if it had something to do with my energy I'm I'm assuming I calmed down because I was doing something and it did give me a sense of control over the situation that I have absolutely no control over so if you belong to a closed practice so um like if you're a Christian, whatever denomination that is for you, if you are Wiccan, um, and there's other um, closed practices and, and belief systems that have a structured plan for funerals and, and dying rites. So for example, if you're Wiccan, there are specific rituals and a structure to death and dying that you can follow. Christians also have varying rites. My dogs are barking. Okay, figured out who it was and we continue. <laughs> So where was I? Oh yeah, Christian uh, funeral rites. So I wanted to kind of get up an example of how different can be even in the Christian faiths, the different denominations. So I grew up Baptist and funerals for us are usually like 30 minute funerals and they would end with an open casket viewing that you're supposed to stand in line for afterwards. And I remember as a child that was super trim, like, what am I trying to say? Traumatizing. It was very traumatic for me to see a dead body. The very first dead person I saw when I was little was a classmate's brother that had died in a freak accident. I don't know. We were probably 10 or 11 at the most, and he was a few years older than us. And I remember it just not feeling real. It was really strange. I remember seeing his body, and that is an image that's burned into my head forever. <laughs> um, it was just this little boy, and... I'm not saying it was a bad experience because I, I think at that point in my life, I understood death. It's just the reality of it finally hit me when I saw him. And I think that's sometimes the reason for open casket viewing is to give you some closure and give you basically a shock and let you know this is something that's real and it is happening or happened, I guess. I've been to Catholic funerals that are much longer in my experience, and um, the ones that I've been to, they have a viewing before the funeral, um, but can be both, one for the family and one for the public, but I just I just wanted to say that there's different funeral rites for just about every flavor of religion or belief system you can think of. <laughs> um, I also want to point out that I, I had a something that had a really profound effect on my views of my loved ones dying. So those loved ones move on to the next phase of their journey. And that is a new beginning for them. This new phase, like I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know what, this new phase should be celebrated. And I know that's like inherently supposed to be what a funeral is for is celebrating their life, but it always feels so sad. And the music at the churches are always sad. And I don't want my funeral like that. <laughs> um, but the new phase should be celebrated. Um, and knowing that they're no longer on earth, but in a space that supports their every need is so very comforting to me. Um, also, family members that pass, 
are now your new ancestors. The loved one is now a part of your lineage that through death you can connect to on a whole new level and that is very special and powerful in my opinion. So I want to talk just a minute about a death plan. Um, I have one and I highly recommend that you do one too. Because I'm a witch and I'm a pagan, I have different beliefs than anyone else in my family um, and except for, you know, my husband knows what I want. My, my daughter knows what I want. But I have very overbearing Christian um, family members that I am afraid would try to do this their way. And honestly, I know it shouldn't matter to me because I'll be dead. But damn it, I want my funeral how I want my funeral. <laughs> okay, so um, I have letters to my family members and loved ones for their comfort and for me. I want to be able to make sure they know how much I love them, how much I value them. I want to give my daughter all the advice that I possibly can. My husband, all the reaffirming love um, statements and, that I can give him. My friends that have supported me, I want to make sure they, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt how much I loved and appreciated them. So I wrote those because I am all about communication. I am super verbal, as you guys know. <laughs> so that was very important to me. There's even what I want for my pets um, if I'm still here when I go. I want... I wanted my loved ones to have the freedom to grieve and process without worrying about what I would want. It is one of the hardest things I have ever done. Planning my death and dying wishes was fucking awful. <laughs> I cried, I sobbed, I got mad, I got sad. <laughs> um, and it really did take a few weeks to finish it, but I did this as a last act of love for my family and loved ones. I wanted to make sure everything from the efficient to the the location, um, what right I wanted, it's all in there. They're, they don't have to do anything, but, and it's very simple too. So they just plan it out, do it, and, and I know that it's going to be a sad event because loss is sad. But I don't want it, the reason I don't want a Christian burial is, one, I'm not a Christian, and two, it's always fucking sad. Like, it's always Bible verses and sad organ music and... That is not what I want, and I will come back and haunt a motherfucker if that is what I end up with. Just, just so you know. <laughs> and recently, I realized I have some things that I need to add to it. If I were to die tomorrow, what would happen to my podcast? What would happen to all the groups, all the support spaces that we've created for each other because of the podcast? So... That is what I've been doing the last few days is trying to decide what I want to do with it if I pass away because I don't want it to die with me. That's not okay. Um, I want these spaces still to be available for all of you to, to be in and support each other. I want the coven to still be there. I want all of these things to not change just because I died. So that is something I've been working through <laughs> and trying to make sense of it and find ways to keep um, the podcast alive if I die. So hopefully I will figure that out soon so that I can put that in my death plan as well. And you know, so I already did my death plan and involved my family and did all those letters and I have I have coped and dealt with it the best I can um, and I went through the range of emotions when thinking about that, right? 
So I hadn't really gone through or thought about the emotions that I would have, you know, if that I that I am having, I guess, thinking about not being connected to the coven anymore if I died. I mean, there's mediums in there. You guys better talk to me. Like, if I pass away, somebody better get a hold of me so we can still do prayer Mondays and stuff and I can be present, please. Um, but, like, that really makes me fucking bummed out to think or feel like I won't be connected to people that I value so much. Like, I have met my soul tribe because of this podcast and members of the people, like, people that I trust the most are scattered all over the globe. And one, I feel very lucky to have people that I consider my soul tribe that are all over the world. And oh, I don't want to cry. That is so awesome that I got the experience and I am experiencing this. It's surreal sometimes. Um, but I'm going to have to go through the whole, the whole range of emotions again in order to plan what I want to do with the podcast and all the groups after I pass away. Because it's going to have people I love, um, involved because I have to have people to carry this on, right? Um, so anyway, so if I have seemed sad or disconnected, it's, um, it's nothing you know, that's actually going on. It's it's like scenarios in my head that I'm working through in order to make the death plan for all my virtual stuff. Because a lot of my life is spent online and a lot of the connections that I truly appreciate are online. So um, it's like I have to uh, have that emotion of not being connected anymore and that fucking sucks. It really fucking sucks. I'm going to be very real um, I have tears in my eyes right now. I'm really trying hard. Like, this is how I try to stop crying when I'm talking on the podcast. Like, I look like a fucking crazy person. I have tears in my eyes and my nose is getting red, but my mouth is formed into a, like, super, um, extreme smile because I'm trying to override my emotions and not cry. So, to end this, I wanted to share with you um what I want what I what I have as far as like the in the ritual that I have currently in my death plan I want to read it for you um because I think it's important to share this kind of stuff right so here goes it's called four candles the first candle represents our grief the pain of losing you is intense it reminds us of the depth of our love for you the second candle represents our courage to confront our sorrow, sorrow, to comfort each other, to change our lives. The third candle we light in your memory for the times we laughed, the times we cried, the times we were angry with each other, the silly things that you did, and the caring and joy you gave us. The fourth, fourth candle we light for our love. We light this candle that your light will always shine as we think of you each day and share your memory with our family and friends. We cherish the special place in our hearts that will always be reserved for you. We thank you for the gift your living brought us, brought to each of us. We love you and we remember you. Right now, that is what my ceremony is. That's it. Just four candles. And honestly, it didn't have to be those words. I just want four candles to represent me leaving. Something 
tangible that you can look at um, to help you start the grieving process. Um, so that is that is what I have for right now. And after I, I read this book, and honestly, I probably will add or change some of that because I really do love the rituals that she has in this book. Again, the book is Whispers on the Wind um, by Misty Storm. And it is, it's not like history of death rituals or anything like that. It's stuff that she wrote, rituals that she wrote about um, dying and, and death. And in the back, I want to point out that there is incense, burial herbs, oil blends, um, all kinds of stuff in here to create and oh, my dogs will not shut up. Well, to create, to help you and your loved ones through the death and dying process. Now that you're thoroughly bummed out and have lost your smile for the day because my episode was so, such a bummer, <laughs> um, I wanted to give you guys a hint on what I am revealing on the 11th. So I have something huge that I am launching on the 11th um, to you guys, and it is, a hint would be this thing that I am going to be offering will help you find your truth. I'm going to be offering it to the coven actually on the 10th. So they're going to have first dibs at it. And then um, on the 11th, I will go um, public with the the thing that <laughs> that has been taking up so much of my so much of my time to create and to to get going. So um, look for that. I will be having a live in the coven on on Saturday to talk about this thing, and then I will go. Um, I'll be posting what it is on all my socials. We will have a live video where we can all kind of discuss what this is. You can ask all the questions that you want. And I'll be posting the times and locations um, of which social media account that will be. I'll be posting that later this week. I have some appointments that I have to shovel, sh shovel, I have to shovel, no, shovel, shuffle around <laughs> in order to figure out when I can do some lives so stay tuned for that i hope you guys weren't too bummed out by this but i think it's something that we all need to talk about because funerals are most generally christian i mean that's what we experience for the most part most of us do and pagan and witch funerals and death rites aren't something that you hear about or talk about very often and i think this is something that we all need to contemplate ourselves so smile. I'm sorry this has been a bummer. <laughs> so, until next time, stay witchy. Bye-bye.